Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. If you are looking for my pride, tell me where you find it. Okay, then. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for coming in and listening, and hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. If you're the Boston Celtics, could you please start playing better so I can watch your games without becoming really, really, really mad? As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots and predictive analytics built specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. You can also listen to my other, other podcast. Yes, I have another one called The Lobby List. It's a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica, and that's available on iTunes. We've got some brand spanking new Disney World updates coming soon, so subscribe, rate, and comment. But here on the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own Legal Toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about prepping for the holidays. And if I were you, I would prep for the holidays in like Aruba, probably. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. First, I'd like to thank our newest sponsor, TimeSolve. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. To find out more, visit their website at www.timesolve.com. So that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V, no E, dot com. Next, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. In addition, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Scorpion. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AnswerOne. AnswerOne is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWERONE or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. Okay, my guest today is Andrea Canavina. Andrea is the CEO of Legal Typist, Inc., a company offering subscription-based secretarial, administrative, and virtual assistant services to law firms for, wow, 18 years now. Uh, Andrea is also an author, speaker, creator of the DAFT Productivity System, that's D-A-F-T, and she's on the advisory board for the Virtual Bar Association, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. I've known Andrea for a long time. She's a friend, and I know her true passion is helping law firms do more with less. Others know her as a trailblazing entrepreneur melding common sense practices with the hardcore reality of the always-on and connected new world of work. 
From her real-life experience as a legal assistant in some of the largest law firms in and around New York, to her almost two decades of working in the virtual space as a master virtual assistant, Andrea definitely brings a unique perspective to the worlds of legal and technology. And not only that, if there's one person who can help us all prep for a less stressful holiday season, it's her. So welcome to the big show, Andrea. Well, hi, everyone, and thanks for having me, Jared. It's great to have you. We haven't done this in like several years, so I'm glad to be jumping back on it. It's been too long. You know, anytime I get to hang out with you, I love it. Oh, you're so kind. Um, all right, let's jump into it. Let's have a warm-up icebreaker question first. So it's about that time of year. This is a raging debate in my house currently, and I want your opinion. Um, when is it appropriate to start listening to Christmas music? And then my follow-on question to that, if you say it's appropriate now, who is your favorite Christmas singer or what is your favorite Christmas song? Okay, well, I again see that I am not alone in that it is also a raging debate here in Casa Canavina, um, <laughs> but it is between myself and my daughter, Emily, who uh, is only too happy to turn on the uh, holiday muzak, as I like to call it, as uh, pretty much even before Thanksgiving starts. I like to I like to give the holidays their individual due and uh, you know give them their separation. So generally, I try to keep Christmas away until December first. Oh wow! Anytime after December first, though, if you'd like to throw on some holiday tunes, I'm more than happy to listen. And then if I have to listen to, I guess one of my favorites has to be Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh, Gene Autry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. That's a good call. Um, in my house, it's me and my wife against my kids. We actually want to listen to Christmas music earlier, but I'm kind of insufferable, so. Okay, okay. But Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Gene Autry is a fantastic Christmas song. I was trying to tell my kids about Gene Autry in the car the other day, and they were like, we're just not interested, so could you be quiet while the song plays? You know, it's a nostalgia <laughs> thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a millennial. I don't want to even say that it's a generational thing, but it is. It's, a, it, it's kind of weird because I look at my kids who are, you know, older, uh, young adults at this point, and, mm. and I, just, I see the differences. And some of me understands it, and some of me feels kind of sad that they, they aren't getting the same as riching experience, but their experiences are different. So yes. it's a weird time we live in. I know. And I will hold on to listening to Gene Autry on record in my grandmother's house as a child. But they'll have like iTunes, I guess. <laughs> um, so we can jump into the legal conversation now because that's why people are here, right? So it's coming up to the end of another year, as we just talked about. The holiday season is upon us, and everyone wants to get organized before the end of the year so they can start fresh in 2019. So you're an expert in this, Andrea. Now, if I'm an attorney whose life is feeling a little cluttered, a little disorganized, what is my first step to turning that around in 2019? Okay, well, I want to kind of say it's about the same first step is recognizing that you need to take a step. Mm, that's a good and point. And it's kind of about almost any improvement is the realization that, oh, that pile of paper over there isn't going to remove itself unless you <laughs> actually make yourself stop ignoring the fact that that pile of paper is over there and do something about mm. it. So it's almost like organization is the tool by which you're able to put in place the processes and systems. So we can get into that um, in a little bit. I don't want to, I don't want to start, mm -hmm. but you know, right off, but it's, it's mostly about clearing out the clutter. So you yeah. decide that you need to do something in getting organized. Almost number one is I want to clear out the clutter and the clutter isn't necessarily just those piles of paper, by the way, you can have 
all different types of ways that there are clutter in an actual workflow. It's from like the papers that never get filed. It's the inbox that has hundreds or even thousands of messages in it. It's all the apps and services and gadgets (laughs) and gizmos, the pieces of equipment that yourself or your staff has to utilize in order to get the actual work that you're being paid to get done done. But then on top of it also, what I like to call the work of the business, mm. which if it doesn't get done, you don't have a business. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's, yeah, so there's a lot of different things that can get put into a, quote, workflow that you can pare down, you can streamline, and you can automate some things. And, you know, we, we can get into that in a little bit with the technology. Yeah, yeah, we'll delve into that. But that, those are some good points that you make. And I think, like, one of the reasons attorneys want to get more organized is because they want to be efficient. Like, that's the holy grail, like the efficient law firm. So in terms of that, what do you think is the most important thing that law firms need to do uh, starting now to become more efficient than they are in 2018 for 2019. Okay, so they need to assess mm-hmm. because you can't really know where you are at or where you want to go until you, you kind of know where you're mm-hmm. at. So you have to kind of assess where the bottlenecks and the pain points are with regard to your workflow. Yeah. And, you know, like like I said, like are there the stacks of papers everywhere or are you able to find any piece of information or uh, when you need it or do you, are you able to block off the time you need in order to get that paying work, client work done? You know, is that inbox overflowing and freaking you out because you know it's full of things that are falling through the cracks? There's literally hundreds of different ways to increase the overall efficiency But the way that I like to help people do it is to have them focus on fixing their own personal workflow issues, Mm. because I think you gain the actual most out of it, of your time and the focus, and you get the most return on investment when you're not so much focusing on only the huge picture, you're focusing on what you're physically what you're actually doing and where your pain points are, where your pain points are going to be where other pain points are. If you fix yourself with your own and you fashion a workflow that's based on your workflow, then you're going to improve everything for everybody else around you. Mm, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And this works and it doesn't matter what type of an environment it is, because if you fashion a workflow that's based on each person that has to process things and you consider the tech that's already in place and already um, they're already using and you try to make them change as little as possible. (laughs) We all know that that's the best um, arrangement for them to actually adopt. And again, your return on investment. Totally. So so you talked a little bit about technology, you talked a little bit about apps and integration. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. So I know that a lot of law firms view technology as like the cure-all. Like we're going to get efficient because we have a certain technology, but we both know that's not the way it works. And you just alluded to that. So in terms of technology, how can lawyers vet and select the right technology for their firms without like falling victim to shiny object issues. Okay, so that all comes with part of the clearing out the clutter part. You, you're gonna mm-hmm. have and you're gonna assess what technology you actually have in place. Okay. I'll have to give you in the show notes, I hadn't thought about it. Um, it there's what I call a year end technology assessment. I think I published it in like 2008 or something. <laughs> uh, anyway, there it's a way for you to go about and see 
basically the people, processes, and technology in place and how to streamline those. And it's a written article, and I'll share it with everybody. Oh, cool. But it is true. Everybody uh, wants to say that there's some shiny object somewhere. There's something that they're just missing. They just haven't found that one thing that connects everything (laughs) together. And it's absolutely wrong. There is no magic bullet. There is nothing else except for changing what it is that you are currently doing and trying to do those things as easily as possible, up to and including making other people who cost you less do them for you. And that's all <laughs> yes. about streamlining, automating, and delegating. So you don't, the tech, if the tech is the first part of this process, you're going, I want to say it's bass backwards because. <laughs> You're trying to now apply a technology to your workflow instead of fixing your workflow and then finding the tech that fits it. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Beautiful. All right. So let's efficiently move to a tidy little break. Here are some of the things you should buy. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. FirmCentral cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With FirmCentral, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Thanks for sticking around. You'll be glad you did. I'm talking with Andrea Canavina of Legal Typist and the Virtual Bar Association. We're here to discuss how to end the year on a high note like George Costanza. So let's talk about the holidays a little bit more. We had our good holiday discussion about Gene Autry up above. Now we're going to continue that. So I personally believe that there are two types of holiday shoppers. There are those who have already done their Christmas shopping at the release of this podcast. And then there are those folks like me who will do their Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve night probably at a convenience store. So Andrea, if you were buying a gift for a lawyer with the goal of making her practice more efficient in 2019, what would you get for that attorney? This one, I actually, you know, in thinking of what would I recommend, Mm -hmm. there is universally one piece of what I consider technology that I recommend to all business owners, in fact, even homeowners at this point, Hmm. is it's the Dymo Twin Label Maker. Oh, nice. And it's kind of odd that you would hear somebody say, add this kind of piece of equipment. <laughs> but so I'm kind of like you in my Christmas cards. There's those people that get their Christmas cards out right <laughs> after Thanksgiving. And there are yeah. those of us who are praying that the post office is still open the night before. So um, I used to be one of those people that would be on the last because everything, you know, it's crazy time, personal, young kids, business, life. And so that always seemed to get pushed down. Once I got my Dymo, 
my Christmas card woes were over. I already knew and already had these people in my contact list. I just never seemed to be able to get them on the envelopes. Mm. And then I could never get the stamps for the envelopes. In <laughs> walk my Dymo Twin Turbo. Not only do I print out the label, but because it's a Dymo, they have a relationship with the post office. And you get what's called an oh. Indicia account, which mm. doesn't cost you anything. And for that, you're able to fund your postage. So you can print out the label, print out any amount of postage that you can fund through your bank account, uh, and off you go. So if there's one piece of universal tech that I think takes a lot of stress out of trying to mail things to people, it's definitely the Dymo Twin Turbo. Nice. I like that. That's a great recommendation. A little unexpected, but I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the real challenge. I don't want to leave out our Jewish friends. So can you name seven other gifts you would bestow upon a lawyer this holiday season? Okay, so I, in thinking about that, you know, seven other gifts. First of all, I don't mean to uh, just <laughs> limit this to our Jewish friends, okay? Um, <laughs> no, this, this is, is for, for any attorney. <laughs> and so my, my second recommendation is going to be for anyone who wants to be better able to handle email. And this is almost the universal complaint I not only hear from people, but also see universally yeah. TV, Twitter, news. We're all inundated with email. Nobody has a way to process it. Well, guess what? I do. It's called daft. So while I'm not trying to yes. um, self-promote in any way, I think I would be remiss if I did not share my daft productivity system yes, with people share. who were feeling the stress of being burdened with an overflowing inbox. And um, I'm actually put, going to be putting together a page. It's legaltypist.com slash LTN. And it's all caps on the LTN. And I'll put all of the references that I may, you know, give in our little, uh, our little podcast here. How's that? Oh, that's awesome. That's great. So that's legaltypist.com slash LTN. Okay, so that's my second. And then I started thinking of some of the more physical stuff. Um, attorneys do a great deal of sitting. So a high-quality, good chair is always something you get a service professional who spends a lot of time behind their desk, we won't say on their what, um, then definitely that is something that you might want to consider. There is an Office Max chair that I found many, many years ago when I was speaking uh, in Indiana, and it was in the hotel's conference business center, and myself and a cohort, paralegal cohort, turned the chair over and actually got to make a number of it, and I'll share it on that page. Um, a little more expensive, but it's, it's going to, you know, I want to say it's in the three three fifty range. I, I haven't looked in a while, but um, so there's definitely a good chair. Better lighting. There isn't a service professional that I see. Um, I do assessments of offices. I know I do it virtually. I have a method. It's, it's fun. Um, it's fun to see what people try to hide. Um, in any event, almost anyone that does this process with me, almost everybody has inadequate lighting. Your eyes deteriorate with age, of course. Mm -hmm. That happens. But you don't need to rush that. And one of the ways that you counter the blue and the glare coming off the screen is by having the proper ambient light around you. So you can get your legal professional or any service professional, somebody who works a lot if they don't have good lighting, get them get them a lamp or get them something that, that spreads some more light on their work surface especially. I like to make uh, a recommendation for lawyers because people ask me all the time, you know, my brother-in-law, my you know cousin, this, that. Writing utensils, pay attention to what type of writing utensil it is. If it's a fancy fountain pen, if it's a mechanical pencil, if it's a stylus for an eye thing. Whatever it is that they have, invariably people lose their writing 
instruments. So if you get them one, and even if it's only as possible replacement, I'm sure it will be appreciated. And then the last is uh, everybody gets a cover for their personal mobile devices. I don't even call them cell phones anymore. It's been a long time since I've called them that. And this goes all the way up to iPads because an iPad is basically a personal mobile device as well. If they got the cover when they bought it, get them a new cover. You already know what kind of device it is. You can see whether or not it's a good one. You've seen whether or not it's held up over time. Either replace the one that they have or get them something that's a little fancier. <laughs> Generally, you won't spend as much because their device is going to be a little bit older, so it's not going to be as expensive. So that's always something that's yes. appreciated as well. Oh, that's a great one. I know. That's on my Christmas list, a, um, a new cover for my flip phone. <laughs> Your flip phone so. needs it. That poor sad thing. Yes, it's been it, it certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's turn this around now. So let's let, let me let you get your Grinch on, right? So like, what would you take away from an attorney that they should either not be relying on or not have at all? Something like a fax machine? I don't know. What would you take away from a lawyer? Everyone beats up on the poor old fax machine. It's not like it's a typewriter, you know. <laughs> it still is a secure method to get it documents kind of digital and sent hither and thither. <laughs> It's, you know, it was around <laughs> since before the internet, you know, it's kind of like me. <laughs> so maybe I'm a little attached to them. I don't know. <laughs> fax machine love. Surprising. You know, actually, it's, right. it's actually secure because the fax to email service providers now are potentially opening up the contents of your email or any of its attachments to the World Wide Web since it's more of a postcard than a sealed envelope. But No, it's funny that you should say that. Like everybody I talk to about data security is like, oh, I'll just use a fax machine. Yes, one that's connected not through a VOIP line with no email delivery on yeah. the other side. Hmm. That's You don't exactly. know what the person's using on the other side half the time. So it's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. technology, just like getting us all able to be in the same place at the same time. It, they say that it's all easy, but in, in practice, not necessarily so. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so back to what would I take away? Um, this one, it, it may sound a little bit hokey, but I, I truly feel what would I take away? I would take away their phones, their iPads, their connected devices one day per week. Oh, I love it. How about every day yeah. per week? <laughs> no, you, you know, you. No, we need you a little more connect, just a wee bit. <laughs> one day a week is a good start, though. That's great. Yes, and that's because if you, you don't understand, and, and I've seen it happen over and over and over again, and I've just been connected so long. I mean, I go back to the trio days where they would scream, be me up, Scotty. People thought it was weird <laughs> that I could get email on my person. It was weird. <laughs> that said, you know, people tend to, once they get connected, they get enamored with being connected and they become overconnected. So I, I'm here to save you from yourself and do, your, do yourself a favor, do a digital detox once you get over what I call that overwhelming, gripping fear of your missing something important and you realize that you're actually, there's, there's no reason for you to feel such terror. When you get back to your desk tomorrow, when you get back to work tomorrow, when you get back to the internet tomorrow, guess what's still going to be there waiting for you? Oh, yeah, there's just going to be another 300 emails in your inbox. Good morning. <laughs> I like, I wholeheartedly endorse that recommendation. Well, thanks, Andrea. Those are some great suggestions. And while our hearts grow three sizes larger, let's pause before we come back for the last part of the show. While I look for my Christmas stocking, listen to some more words from our sponsors. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. 
As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolvleaveofthee.com. Remember, that's timesolv.com. Thanks for coming back. This podcast is so packed with information about law firm efficiency. It's like a lobster roll from the clam bar in Amagansett, Long Island. Now let's get back to our conversation with Andrea Canavina of Legal Typist and the Virtual Bar Association, who's talking with me about the holiday season and what law firms should be doing now to create a launching point for a successful 2019. So Andrea, welcome to the potpourri section of our show, wherein we address uh, topics that could probably be a show unto themselves. So we're going to cover these topics in two minutes apiece. So first, what is your number one criteria for giving your personal Andrea Canavina stamp of approval to a legal technology product? Oh, that's easy. That's security. It always has. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I was going to say, I almost wanted to say, do you really have to ask, Jared? (laughs) For the listeners. (laughs) For the listeners, it always has been. I've always been a person who is about security. I don't actually utilize Google when I possibly can't. I I have a professional Gmail account, and that is about it. And the reason why for legal technology, as we all know, the confidentiality, it's not only just confidentiality, it's also a duty not to inadvertently disclose, which everyone never seems to remember that sad little cousin there or whatever. Um, But if, if a technology company, when I'm talking to the technology company CEOs and COOs and everybody that's at the top of it, if they can't look me in the eye and explain to me the security that houses the data that they expect, not just myself as a consumer to put my data in, but that of law firms, then it's just obviously not something they've properly considered and therefore not something that I would consider recommending. That's fair. Okay. Here's a softball question for you. Can you talk to me about the value of using a virtual legal assistant? How's that? The one thing I want to say, when people talk about legal virtual assistants or even virtual assistants, I hear them talking about going to crowdsourcing sites where apparently they think there are a multitude of qualified people just hanging out waiting for somebody to submit some wonky Word document that's going to drive them crazy for four hours so that you can pay them $5 an hour. Unfortunately, a lot of the people who are selling that bill of goods are the same types of people in technology that were selling you that the tech's going to make it all work. When it comes to a legal virtual assistant, you have to vet the person, and that person has to know what it is that they're doing, up to and including what it is to be an independent service professional who therefore dictates the terms through which you are working. So it's not an employer-employee relationship, and everybody is fully cognizant of everything that goes into that type of a relationship. So I have to dispel that there is just a whole multitude of us everywhere. I've been doing this for 18 years. Of the people that started with me, I can count on one hand how many of them remain. And we're talking, I'm internationally known, and I've helped work an international conference since, oh, 
three or something like that. So um, like I said, it's not something that's easy to do. And those who do it tend to do things that create more value and therefore charge a higher rate than for attorneys just looking to get somebody to type up a brief. Yeah. 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 That's a fair point. Okay. Last question. We did a podcast on this recently. So there are so many alternatives to bar associations now, including the one that you founded, that I think it's becoming a more and more relevant subject every day. So first of all, why do you think alternatives to bar associations are proliferating now? And why is it important to allow access into bar associations for non-attorneys, or as I sometimes call them, and Lawrence sometimes calls them, muggles? Interesting, that muggle reference. I hadn't heard that one before. (laughs) Makes me smile. I thought you would like that. (laughs) Um, Well, I don't know that there are so many, you know, alternatives. I'm not sure if that's the right word. And the Virtual Bar Association, while I created it, was never in competition or um, there's a reason why that word virtual is there for lots of reasons, but it's it's more to augment, I thought, virtual the virtual bar association, the traditional bar association model. And that's because, well, first of all, I am a mogul, non-attorney, so uh, although I would like to be around people who are, it, there's a lot of organizations that don't allow that. So I wanted to have a place that was open to everybody to learn what everybody needed to learn, which was the virtual. So, but it's not even so much that, you know, the VBA is, it's myself, there's other advisory board members, there's the literati. These are all respected uh, subject matter experts, which have been handpicked to represent the best in the subjects of their expertise. So it's not as though somebody just came over and said, hey, I want to teach your people about websites. Kind of doesn't work that way in my world. And that's, you know, Unfortunately, sponsorship dollars creep in, and once there's the crossover of pay for play, you can't not disassociate profit from the presenter. That's just how I feel about it. So one of the things as well over at the Virtual Bar Association is there's no selling by anyone, ever. It is a non-selling environment. So it's an educational place. It's there where we're all supposed to help everybody do law better. And it's where attorneys get to connect and people who work at law firms get to connect, learn, and laugh. And I've been hosting the social events that this organization was founded on for 12 years now. And so I personally know the benefits that one receives when meeting together with other legal professionals in a convivial environment. Excellent. Lawyers and muggles. Now muggles for, too. <laughs> now for perhaps the most important question of the podcast. What is your stance on frozen hot chocolate? Can I nuke it? <laughs> then it wouldn't be frozen anymore. <laughs> so I guess your stance is you like hot, hot chocolate, which is fair. That's fine. <laughs> it took I, you uh, a while. I'm glad enjoy, you got there. <laughs> I kind of enjoy frozen hot chocolate, but um, I think Serendipity 2 in New York has a really good one. I don't know if you've ever been there. If not, that might change your mind. Next time we go to Katz's, we'll have to do another trip there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll go to Serendipity afterwards. Uh, Well, this has been a delightful conversation, as always, Andrea. Both the online and offline conversations we have are always fun. And we've reached the tail end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit podcast. We've been talking with Andrea Canavina of Legal Typist and the Virtual Bar Association about how to best wrap up 2018. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. But if you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, you can check out our entire show archive 
anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Andrea Canavina of Legal Typist and the Virtual Bar Association for making an appearance as my guest today. So Andrea, can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you and about both Legal Typist and the Virtual Bar Association? Uh, sure, absolutely. Well, first, you know, you can just Google Legal Typist and note it's one word. I don't know why everyone keeps putting that space in there. You know, my SEO little flags are going <laughs> off, you guys. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. So That's it's Legal bad. Typist, and if you Google it, I've been around so long, Unfortunately, that's all I have to tell you to do, and you're going to find out more than you want personally about me. My blog, lawfirmsolutions.com, has links to all of the various places where I'm at. If you want to get copies of the stuff that I have that's educational, then join, and you work at a law firm, then certainly go join the Virtual Bar Association. There's a free membership. Um, you are able to grab all of the recorded and printed content if you want to up it to get into the room with everybody and start hanging out, then, you know, that, that's a VIP membership. But certainly to learn from all of the subject matter experts that have been compiled and the content is there. So go ahead and join right over there. Thanks again, Andrea. And again, we were speaking to Andrea Canavina of Legal Typist and the Virtual Bar Association. So thanks to all of you out there for listening. Happy holidays. Go put on a Gene Autry record and chill out. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.